Blog Talk Radio. to the live internet broadcast of PGN, Prophetic Grace Network, and Secrets Revealed. Understand the book of Revelation from start to finish. I am Nicole, your book of Revelation research scientist. Today is Sunday, August 6th of 2023, and today we're talking about the purple and scarlet prophecy in the book of Revelation. The one-page basic study notes are available at no cost for every truth seeker, friend, and family member of PGN. That's everyone. If you are interested in the basic study notes that accompany this live Internet broadcast, please go to blogtalkradio.com backslash live prophetic. They are available. Uh, there are two slides there. Uh, one is a cover page which has uh, the name of the prophecy being discussed today, our PGN text number, which, by the way, is 1214-505-8719. Uh, the PGN phone number for this particular PGN broadcast, that's 1319-527-6027. So, as always, you can call during a live Internet broadcast if you wish to comment on the book of Revelation, or maybe you want to pose a question about the book of Revelation, or perhaps you have a prayer request. would love to hear from you. You can use our PGN phone number during the live Internet broadcast on Sundays and Thursdays, and this month we're talking about the purple and scarlet prophecy. So on Thursday we talked about the movie trailer for this documentary, so in the book of Revelation, there are 12 moving pictures with sound. John the Revelator was shown. Uh, we hear his report of those moving pictures with words. Today we call them movies, but they weren't just any kind of movie. They were documentaries. He was shown visions by an angel of the Lord that uh, documented future realities, realities that are soon to come to pass, realities about uh, primarily the three-and-a-half year, that's the 42-month, the 1,260 days of the Great Tribulation, and there's three of the 12 documentaries he was shown that focus on what happens after the second coming of Jesus Christ. So there are some key events, there's the Great Tribulation, that's the wrath of Satan, that's followed by the seven final plagues, that's the wrath of God. The wrath of God culminates with the Battle of Armageddon. After the Battle of Armageddon, so we have the first nine documentaries, uh, the first nine statements of prophecy focusing on those events, and then we have uh, 
Number 10, 11, and 12, what are those? The millennial reign prophecy, the dead judged prophecy, and the new earth prophecy. Those are found in Revelation chapters 20, 21, and 22. These three documentaries focus on what happens after the commencement, the beginning of the government of Jesus Christ on this present earth. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about the purple and scarlet prophecy. Uh, on the basic study notes, I mentioned, I'm just going to read from uh, letter D, the movie in its entirety in words, in other words, the full report of the purple and scarlet prophecy, it begins with verse 15 of Revelation 17, and it ends with verse 5 of chapter 19. On Thursday, we talked about the movie trailer and words for the purple and scarlet prophecy, Revelation 17, 1 to 17, 14. Today, we're going to continue, and if it's your first time listening, don't worry. Uh, you can always listen in the archive and every program we're going to be talking about this uh the learning experts tell us that we need seven touches with some complex information in order for it to be successfully encoded in our long-term memory and for us to have the ability to retrieve it on demand. So in other words, that's real learning, right? Not just hearing and understanding, but the ability to recall something later and to recall it on demand. In other words, when you want to. So I encourage you to stay with us here at PGN and to stay with me and us as we are learning, exploring, discussing, analyzing, unlocking the secrets of the book of Revelation from start to finish. And uh, if you listen to at least seven of these discussions on the purple and scarlet prophecy, I believe that you'll have it. I believe that you will remember on demand at any time you want what the book of Revelation says in this specific prophecy. So there are 12, 12 in the book of Revelation. This is number eight, the purple and scarlet prophecy. So what are the key topics in this prophecy. Babylon, the Battle of Armageddon, the Antichrist, and the finest purple and scarlet linens. So let us go now to the book of Revelation. I want to read the purple and scarlet prophecies full report. You can, uh, we can use the language, the purple and scarlet documentary if we want to, or we can call it the Purple and Scarlet Statement of Prophecy. So in the Amplified Classic Translation, these are referred to as statements of prophecy. And when you consider John's experience, we understand from Revelation chapter 4, he was called up to heaven. Then beginning with verse 1 of chapter 5, he tells us, everything that he was shown and everything that uh, he, he was shown with respect to the visions with sound. So in that way, they are documentaries. These weren't visions that he caused himself to have, and these weren't dreams that he had while he was sleeping. These were external 
images, moving pictures with sound. So what we would call a movie, but a movie documenting future reality, so documentaries. He didn't have the benefit of a cell phone or a laptop or a video camera, so he used the best technology that he had, pen and paper, perhaps parchment and a writing utensil. And he wrote down everything that he saw. So that's why we can use that language interchangeably to make sure we understand what we're talking about. We're talking about today the purple and scarlet prophecy, which is also known as the purple and scarlet documentary in the book of Revelation. So here it is. The full movie, after the movie trailer, it picks up right here, going back to the beginning, uh, Revelation chapter 17, starting with verse 15, John the Revelator says, Then angel said to me, the waters where the prostitute is ruling represent masses of people of every nation and language. The scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. They will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. Let's pause there for a second. So the first two verses of the full report, the first two verses of the documentary, so we're beyond the movie trailer, now we're in the movie, what has the angel shown John the Revelator? There are waters where the prostitute what's the prostitute that's the one world religion the harlot church that will dominate during the great tribulation the false prophet will lead the prostitute the false prophet is the head of the harlot church during the great tribulation and notice it says here the waters where the prostitute is ruling so this one world religion, a false Christianity, will rule. How is that? We learned in Revelation 13 that there are two beasts. At the end of Revelation 13, about halfway through, it says, and another beast. And then we learn about the false prophet who's referred to as another beast in Revelation 13, Chapter 13 in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, and we learned that the Antichrist and the false prophet will work in tandem. So the waters where the prostitute is ruling represent masses of people of every nation and language. The scarlet beast, um, and let me back up for a second, the prostitute works out of headquarters and the headquarters is a specific city. We're going to hear about that city shortly. The waters where the prostitute is ruling represent masses of people of every nation and language. The scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. Now, consider this. The scarlet beast is the Antichrist. The scarlet beast is the Antichrist. And his ten horns all hate the prostitute. So the ten horns are ten kings, ten rulers, ten leaders. Each is a leader of a nation. One of the ten nations 
that will be in the 10-nation alliance that dominates economic and political affairs during the Great Tribulation. So this 10-nation alliance is referred to in Revelation chapter 13 and in Daniel chapter 7. So when we see here, it says the scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. This is telling us that, let's go back, verse 5, Babylon the great, mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. The Antichrist and the false prophet are working in tandem together, but... The Antichrist does not have great affection or affinity for the one world religion. In other words, he will use the one world religion as a way to achieve his aims. So Satan is divided. Satan uses the Antichrist and the false prophet. So they are three, the dragon, the scarlet beast, and the false prophet. In other words, Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. But we're told here, the ten horns of the beast, uh, let me back up for a second, In verse 12, the ten horns of the beast are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast. So these are leaders appointed. It's just for a short time. The great tribulation, the wrath of Satan, is a short time. It's three and a half years. Now, will they be reigning prior to the commencement of the great tribulation? That's uh, absolutely possible. In any case, we know for sure that they will be in power during the Great Tribulation. And we're told in Daniel, three of them will be put down and the Antichrist will take his place after putting three down. And interestingly, that's why the Antichrist, we're told that in the book of Daniel, that's why here earlier the Antichrist in this prophecy is referred to as not only the scarlet beast but the eighth king. Let's hear it, Revelation 11. The scarlet beast that was but is no longer is the eighth king. So what do we need to make sure we understand? The scarlet beast is the Antichrist. The Antichrist is the eighth king. King of what? The eighth leader in the ten-nation alliance that will dominate economic and political affairs during the Great Tribulation. Now, there were ten, but we're told in the book of Daniel 7 that three will be put down. So that leaves seven. Uh, So uh, now he's number eight. That's one interpretation. Seven were put down, and so now he's the eighth. Another interpretation uh, could be that there were seven. I'm going to pause there. I'm going to pause there. Um, That's my perception of why the Scarlet Beast is also referred to as the eighth king. Let's go back to the full movie to keep going, make sure we know what this is talking about. 
Revelation 15, then the angel said to me, the waters where the prostitute is ruling represent masses of people of every nation and language. The scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. So at the beginning of the great tribulation, there will be ten leaders. And we're told from the beginning, the Antichrist and these ten Leaders. Now, it says they're referred to earlier as kings, but their title might be president, prime minister, um, his excellency, her excellency, something like that. Now, here's an important secret. They will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. So the prostitute is a city. The city of the city which is the headquarters of the harlot church. Now, in chapter 13 in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, we're told that the Antichrist and the false prophet will work together in tandem and that, in fact, the false prophet will commission a statue of the Antichrist. And... The instruction will be given for all those who belong to this world to worship, to worship the statue. However, however, uh, Satan is divided. The scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. So they hate this prostitute, which is the city where the headquarters of the harlot church is. It says they will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. Okay. Verse 17 explains it. We're going to the next verse. Revelation chapter 17, verse 17 says, For God has put a plan into their minds. Whose minds? The minds of the leaders of the ten-nation alliance, their kings, their presidents, these ten nations, God has put a plan into their minds, a plan that will carry out his purposes. So God has put his plan to destroy the headquarters of the harlot church, that city. He puts that plan into the minds of the leaders of the Ten Nation Alliance. Now, this Ten Nation Alliance it's the uh, the iron mingled with clay referred to in Daniel when Nebuchadnezzar has that dream. You might recall Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and then when Daniel interpreted the dream, he says, "God has shown you all the the key all the key uh, all the periods in the world where nations dominate the world." So. It hasn't happened in the lifetime of any of us. We've never experienced one nation truly dominating the world in its entirety. But in years past, it has happened. The original Babylon was the greatest, and that's the kingdom that Nebuchadnezzar ruled over. And then after that, after his nation fell, another one emerged, and then a third, and then a fourth. And then in the end times, there'll be a final Ten Nation Alliance, just as uh, God showed Nebuchadnezzar in his God dream reported in the book of Daniel. And this is the weakest 
of these five uh, nations that dominate the world in terms of political and economic affairs, but it will be greater, stronger, bigger than anything that you or I have seen. So you might say, well, uh, the United States of America is number one or uh, China's number one or whatever your thinking is on this. But we have always had a number of nations, primarily in the Western world in our lifetimes, who have to share world power. No one nation 100% dominates what is happening. There's a, there's a give and take. And so uh, we have never seen in our lifetime what we're going to see during the Great Tribulation. Now we're told here that God has a plan to destroy the prostitute. That's the city, that's the headquarters of the harlot church. And he puts this plan into the minds of the political leaders of the world. So during the Great Tribulation, there, there's political power and there's religious power, politics and religion. Satan will use the combination of these two things to achieve his agenda, his attempt to take out Israel and to take out God's holy people, politics and religion. The Antichrist is Satan's answer for achieving his political domination of the world. The false prophet is Satan's answer for carrying out his agenda to take the people of the world with him to the lake of fire, to eternal damnation where he is sure to go. Now, we're talking about what is going to happen at the end of the age. And God reveals to us that the scarlet beast, the antichrist, and the leaders of the Ten Nation Alliance, they actually hate the one world religion. Now, it doesn't tell us why, but if I had to speculate, and this is purely speculation, usually people who are obsessed with power don't want to share it. They want to have it all for themselves. And so the Antichrist and the false prophet will share power. The Antichrist will be the leader of the Ten Nation Alliance, which will ultimately, uh, let me pause there. The Antichrist will become the leader of the Ten Nation Alliance, and the false prophet will be the leader of the one world religion, the harlot church. So they share power. They work in tandem to achieve Satan's goals during the Great Tribulation. Now, what will the political leaders do? It says his ten horns, talking about the horns of the Antichrist, all hate the prostitute. They hate the city, the where uh, the headquarters of the Harlot Church, where the 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 where the seat of her power is. It says they will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. What does that mean? 
this city, the headquarters of the harlot church is going to be burned with fire. And we're told in verse 17, for God has put a plan into their minds, a plan that will carry out his purposes. So God wants this city called the prostitute, the headquarters for the harlot church, to be burned with fire. Then it says, they will agree to give their authority to the scarlet beast. And so the words of God will be fulfilled. So when the leaders of the Ten Nation Alliance make the Antichrist the head of it. So he becomes the eighth king. He goes from being simply the scarlet beast to also becoming the eighth king. He's going to put down three of the leaders, take their place according to Daniel. It says they will give, they will agree to give their authority to the scarlet beast, and so the words of God will be fulfilled. Let's continue verse 18. And this woman you saw in your vision represents the great city that rules over the kings of the world. Okay, so the woman is a prostitute. And the woman represents the great city that rules over the kings of the world. And we were told earlier that the great prostitute rules over many waters. The kings of the world have committed adultery with her, and the people who belong to this world have been made drunk by the wine of her immorality. So immorality is talking about uh, sins against God. Okay, let us continue with Revelation 18, verse 1. So we already heard that God's plan and purpose, uh, his purposes, his plan is for the city that houses the harlot church for it to be destroyed with fire. Now here we are in Revelation 18 verse 1. After all this I saw another angel come down from heaven with great authority. And the earth grew bright with his splendor. He gave a mighty shout. Babylon is fallen. That great city is Fallen. Okay, so where are we? That the prostitute, what's the prostitute? It's the city that houses the headquarters of the harlot church. And by extension, the harlot church is telling us that Babylon, some translations refer to it as mystery Babylon. So this city is fallen. And how do we know it's a city? Right here it says Babylon is fallen. That great city is fallen. She has become a home for demons. She is a hideout for every foul spirit, a hideout for every foul vulture and every foul and dreadful animal. For all the nations have fallen because of the wine of her passionate immorality. Let's pause there for a second. It says all the nations have fallen because of the wine of her passionate immorality. We must analyze this important verse. All the nations. So all the nations doesn't mean some countries or some nations. It doesn't mean like 51% the majority or 75% or 80. All means 100%. So what is this telling us? During the Great Tribulation, as reported elsewhere in the Bible, The one world religion, the false Christianity, the harlot 
church will dominate religious affairs, and it will subsume under it many other false religions, and she will be the mother And so they will all come up under this religion. It will be a one-world religion. They're going to say, we're going to have peace. And the way we're going to have peace is we need a one-world government, the new world order, and we need a one-world religion. And this false church, this harlot church, will be the one-world religion. Now, it says... Due to the actions, so the the one world religion will have a headquarters. The headquarters is Babylon, which is a great city. So this city will rise to prominence. It will rise to prominence not only because it's the headquarters of the harlot church where the false prophet will uh, have his, uh, where where he will rule from, but it will also rise to prominence uh, due to its economic power so the antichrist and his 10 kings uh which will ultimately become seven and he'll be the eighth king they dominate political and economic affairs similarly the false one world religion the false prophet the leader of that will dominate religious as well as economic affairs too so now they're they're sharing in this It says, for all the nations, we're in Revelation 18, verse 3, for all the nations have fallen because of the wine of her passionate immorality. The kings of the world have committed adultery with her. What's adultery? In the Bible, God refers to adultery as being intimate with a God other than him. So anytime a person gives himself or herself to Any other God other than God the Father, God manifest in the flesh, Jesus Christ, and God dwelling on the inside of every believer, the Holy Spirit. Anytime a person, male or female, gives himself or herself to another God, that person is committing adultery. So it says here, the kings of the world have committed adultery with her. What does that mean? They have allowed their nations to adopt the false Christianity, the one world religion, as the religion for that nation. Now, a few weeks ago, I was watching a program, and a young lady was sharing about her experience as a a Haitian American, and her parents grew up in Haiti. She said she lived uh, here in the United States of America. I'm saying here because I live uh, in the United States. I appreciate that we have listeners worldwide. So she's living in the United States of America, and she shared that in uh, the country of her parents, and she had a strong uh, Haitian-American identity. But she shared in Haiti that the national religion, this is, these are her words, is voodoo. Now, in America, in the United States of America, we are a Judeo-Christian nation, but we don't have a, uh, a national religion that our government has endorsed. 
Um, in other words, people are not instructed to specifically be Christian or instructed to specifically be uh, to practice Judaism or to practice some other religion. There are other countries, for example, there are many countries for which the government says its citizens must practice Islam. Now, during the Great Tribulation, we're told the kings of the world have committed adultery with her. So they will have given themselves to this one world religion. Now, why? Let's continue in verse 3. Because of her desires for extravagant luxury, the merchants of the world have grown rich. Actually, moving on to another thought there. So more about the harlot church and the city that's the headquarters of the harlot church. Now we learn another interesting fact. This city, Babylon, it has a lot of wealth, and that city will like extravagant luxury. If you think of today, 2023, there are some cities that are known for being very wealthy, where people like a lot of extravagance. I think that this is the one of the reasons why some people have reported that New York City is Babylon. But in my opinion, New York City is not Mystery Babylon referred to here in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy. However, what the city has in common with New York is that the city has a desire for, quote, extravagant luxury, end quote. Then it says the merchants of the world have grown rich. So businesses all across the world will be able to make profit by selling their goods specifically to this city, which is the headquarters for the Harlot Church. Think about it today. When people want to sell a lot of stuff, they ship a lot of stuff to uh, Port Authority. They ship so that they can sell things to uh, New York City. They want to sell things in Hong Kong. They want to sell things, and we can keep going on uh, like that. So during the Great Tribulation, the headquarters for the Harlot Church, Mystery Babylon, this city, this city will actually be a city for which uh, many businesses, business owners will sell their goods and products. Let's continue. 18 verse 4. Then I heard another voice calling from heaven. Come away from her, my people. Do not partake in her sins, or you will be punished with her. Let's pause there. So verse 4, we have a voice from heaven. A person in heaven telling us, who are my people? My people are those who are God's people those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. These are the sheep, not the goats, the wheat, not the tares, the good fish, not the bad fish that will be thrown out. So what's the instruction for every truth seeker and believer? Come away from her. So we're not going to the headquarters of the Harlot Church. We're not going to be a part of that city and the work of that city uh, do not partake in her sins or you will be punished with her. 
So we're not going to do business. We're not going to be in the economic system, the economic system where the one world religion will be an integral part of the economic system. The false prophet will be an integral part. We see this secret unlocked here. In my opinion, that's why the Antichrist and the kings hate the false prophet because the financial headquarters during the Great Tribulation is the same city. It is the city where the headquarters for the harlot church is. So in that way... The Antichrist is sharing power. The Antichrist and the other kings of the Ten Nation Alliance, they are sharing power, political power. They are sharing economic power, not political power, but economic power with the false prophet. Now, what's the instruction for every truth seeker and believer? The instruction is come away from her. So we are not to be a part of the economic system during the Great Tribulation. So this economic system will have as, uh, at the center of it, will be a city, Mystery Babylon. This city is the headquarters of the Harlot Church, where the false prophet rules and reigns. And it says we're to come away from her. So we're not to partake of it. We're not to uh, be going there, doing activities. We're not to be a part of it. It says, or you will be punished with her. So um, we're not to partake. Then verse 5 says, for her sins are piled as high as heaven, and God remembers her evil deeds. Do to her as she has done to others. Double her penalty for all her evil deeds. She brewed a cup of terror for others, so brew twice as much for her. Let's pause there. She brewed a cup of terror for others, so brew twice as much for her. Today when we think about terror, we have some specific uh, religions perhaps that we think of, maybe some specific nations that we think of. Terror is going to continue as we, uh, as we move forward in time and ultimately arrive at the beginning of the Great Tribulation. During the Great Tribulation, terror is going to be brewed through the thoughts, plans, actions of the one world religion, the harlot church. So she brews terror for who? Others. Others. Who are the others? God's holy people. And it says here, so brew twice as much for her. So the one world religion headed by the false prophet in the city that's the headquarters for the false prophet, we're told that God is going to brew twice as much for her. But that's, the, that's what we're hearing. It says in verse 7, she glorified herself and lived in luxury. So match it now with torment and sorrow. She boasted in her heart, I am queen on my throne. I am no helpless widow, and I have no reason to mourn. Therefore... Now, here it is. So we hear all about the, the arrogance of uh, the city that dominates economic affairs during the Great Tribulation. That's the city that's the headquarters for the harlot church, Mystery Babylon. Now, what's going to happen to this city? Here it is, Revelation 18, verse 8. Therefore, 
these plagues will overtake her in a single day, death and mourning and famine. She will be completely consumed by fire. Let's pause there. We heard at the beginning of this documentary that God was going to put it in the minds of the Antichrist and the Ten Kings to take out the headquarters for the Harlot Church by fire, that God was going to put that plan in their minds. And now we hear the plan coming to pass. So the Antichrist and the Ten Kings hate, they hate this city that's, dominates economic affairs, the headquarters of the Harlot Church, where the false prophet is the leader of everything. Now we're told, therefore these plagues will overtake her in a single day, death and mourning and famine. She will be completely consumed by fire. We already know who, who, who did it. Who did it? The Antichrist and, and his kings, they did it. God unlocked that secret to us. Now, in the beginning of it all, the Antichrist and the false prophet, they're going to be uh, ruling and reigning uh, together. The false prophet's going to commission a statue of the Antichrist. But in the end, the Antichrist is going to take out that city where the false prophet uh, is the head of it all, the headquarters of the Harlot Church. It says, therefore, these plagues will overtake her in a single day. Her is Babylon. That's the great city. Death and mourning and famine. She will be completely consumed by fire. For the Lord God who judges her is mighty. So let's hear more about it. And the kings of the world who committed adultery with her and enjoyed her great luxury will mourn for her as they see the smoke rising from her charred remains. So imagine there's a city you combine. If, if you could combine the wealth and the economic power of all the major uh, cities today. So let's take New York City and London and Hong Kong and uh, Geneva and uh, we could just keep adding all those places together. This one city will be the city that's the most wealthy, that's the most uh, powerful in terms of economic power. We were told earlier that the merchants, in other words, the business owners of the world are going to make a lot of money by selling, by selling in this city. It's like if you want to be wealthy, you want to be, uh, you want to be, um, powerful, you want to have a lot of money during the Great Tribulation, you're not, you're not selling in, uh, New York or Hong Kong or, or, um, London as a, the primary thing, people, it says, are going to make a lot of money through selling to Babylon because there's a, a desire and appetite for extravagant luxury, and they're going to have the economic power that allows them to consume extravagant luxury. But ultimately, they're taken out by fire. We already know who did it. The Antichrist and the kings, they did it. We already know God revealed that secret. Now we're told the kings of the world who committed adultery and enjoyed her great luxury will mourn for her as they see the smoke rising from her charred remains. They will stand at a distance, terrified by her great torment. They will cry out. 
How terrible, how terrible for you, O Babylon, you great city. In a single moment, God's judgment came on you. The merchants of the world will weep and mourn for her. Now, why would these business owners be upset that this one city is taken out? Well, let's hear. It says, the merchants of the world will weep and mourn for her, for there is no one left to buy their goods. So there's a reiteration of the reality that economic power will be uh, centered during the Great Tribulation in this city, Babylon. And so when the city is destroyed by fire and there's nothing left but charred remains, these business owners are like, how am I going to, How they're thinking, how am I going to make money? So somebody's been making, counting on a certain amount of income every week, every two weeks, every month, because they're selling to people in a specific location or um, some number of people, but all in that same location. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, uh, those customers, they don't exist anymore. Those, those customers have been destroyed. So not only do the customers not exist, but, but where they were. So they don't exist. They have been taken out, and the city that housed them, it doesn't exist anymore. This is a really big deal. Now let's hear more about, well, what were they actually buying? Uh, the merchants of the world will weep and mourn for her, for there is no one left to buy their goods. Okay, so what? What do they buy at this city that's the headquarters for the Harlot Church? She bought great quantities of gold, silver, jewels, and pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, and scarlet cloth, things made of fragrant, thion wood, ivory goods, and objects made of expensive wood, and bronze, iron, and marble. She also bought cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, olive oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, wagons, and bodies. That is human slaves. We're going to have to pause there for a second. In the modern world, we tend to talk about uh, slavery as human trafficking. And we're not told here when it says that in this city that uh, whether the purchase of human slaves is uh, slavery in the way that it existed, let's say, in the 1600s, uh, in the 1700s, even in the early 1800s, or if it's talking about modern slavery. Either way, it's horrible. It's egregious. It's horrible and it's egregious. It's a part of the immorality of the harlot church. So this one world religion, a false Christianity, it will have its headquarters in Babylon. The leader of it is the false prophet. This city will dominate economic affairs during the Great Tribulation. And these are all the things that people in the city are buying. Uh, how awful. It says that they buy, quote, bodies. And just in case anyone, a reader, is confused about it, then it says that is human 
slaves. So no no religion where, uh, let me just pause there. Let's continue. The fancy things you love so much are gone, they cry. All your luxuries and splendor are gone forever, never to be yours again. So what does this mean? The fancy things that all of these people in this great city Babylon that they love so much, they're gone. How, how are they gone? They have been consumed by fire. That city will be no more. It's going to be big. It's going to be uh, extravagant. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be exciting to the people who belong to this world. But in a short time, it will be gone, consumed by fire. It says, the fancy things you love so much are gone. All your luxuries and splendor are gone forever. So sometimes the city is destroyed, but it comes back. We've seen that in history. Sometimes the city is destroyed, and then it comes back. But we're told that this city, the city that is Mystery Babylon, the headquarters of the Harlot Church during the Great Tribulation, when it's consumed by fire, it's forever. This is God's judgment. He doesn't want this city to exist on the present earth from that point forward or on the new earth to come. So it's destroyed forever. Now, when Jesus Christ returns, many nations will continue. Not every nation. Not every nation. But many nations in the world will continue. Now, they'll continue with the new government, right? The government the governments of men will be put down and the government of Jesus Christ will be established on this earth, but the nations will continue. And we're told that Jesus Christ will be a mediator. We're told that in Micah and elsewhere. He'll be a mediator for the nations uh, during the millennial reign. But this particular nation, this great city that's the headquarters for the Harlot Church, it's going to be destroyed, consumed by fire. And it will never, ever uh, emerge again. Verse 15, continuing. The merchants who became wealthy by selling her these things will stand at a distance, terrified by her great torment. They will weep and cry out. So all these business owners who sold to the individuals in this uh, city, to the headquarters of the Harlot Church, they're going to see this city consumed by fire. And it's going to scare them. They're going to be terrified. Now, what do they say? Continuing, verse 16, it says, they will weep and cry out. And here's verse 16. How terrible, how terrible for that great city. She was clothed in finest purple and scarlet linens, decked out with gold and precious stones and pearls. In a single moment, all the wealth of the city is gone. And all the captains of the merchant ships and their passengers and sailors and crews will stand at a distance. They will cry out as they watch the smoke ascend, and they will say, where is there another city as great as this? And they will weep and throw dust on their heads to show their grief. And they will cry out, how terrible, how terrible for that great city. The ship owners became wealthy by transporting her great wealth on the seas. In a single moment, it's all gone. So in a single moment, we're told, in verse 19, and in verse 17, it says, in a single moment, 
and we're told twice that it's going to be consumed by fire. So fire, fire destroys this city. Now, again, we know who did it. We know who did it. We know who did it, but ultimately God will use whoever he wants to carry out his plans and purposes. He uses the Antichrist and the leaders of the Ten Nation Alliance to destroy this city, the headquarters for the Harlot Church, and in a moment it will be consumed by fire. The business owners that made a lot of money, they are in grief. <laughs> the kings of the world who bought into the one world religion told the, their citizens, uh, yes, yeah, stay with this one world religion, they're, they're in grief when it happens. Right? They say, oh, how we're going to have pieces if we all worship the same God. Now, keep in mind it's a false God, but if we all worship the same God um, and we're all part of the same economic system, we'll finally have peace on earth. But that's a lie. How do we know it's a lie? In Isaiah chapter 9, talking about Jesus Christ, it says, and of the increase of his government and his peace, there shall be no end. And in fact, Jesus Christ is the prince of peace without jesus christ there will never ever be peace on this earth we must have jesus so that we can have peace jesus christ is the prerequisite for peace he is the prince of peace now let's continue verse 20 so in a single moment, this city is destroyed, then what happens? Verse 20 of Revelation 18 says, Rejoice over her fate, O heaven, and people of God, and apostles and prophets, for at last God has judged her for your sakes. So finally, the harlot church, the one world religion during the Great Tribulation, this is the same one world religion uh, where they commissioned the false prophet of the Antichrist told people to take the mark of the beast and to worship the, be the statue of the Antichrist. Finally, this headquarters, it's been destroyed. And it says, for at last God has judged her for your sakes. Then a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a huge millstone. He threw it into the ocean and shouted, just like this, the great city Babylon will be thrown down with violence. And will never be found again. The sound of harps, singers, flutes, and trumpets will never be heard in you again. So we already heard this, but now uh, after uh, John the Revelator was shown, when it happens in the future, he was shown it happening. And after the fact, an angel uh, is, is doing a demonstration as if to, to capture what has occurred, uh, in other words, it's occurred because John the Revelator was shown the future, but now in John the Revelator's present, he's, he's giving a demonstration to communicate, okay, what does this all mean? And so the angel, it says, then a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a huge millstone. He threw it into the ocean and shouted, just like this, the great city Babylon will be thrown down with violence and will never be found again. So this is to reiterate, John the Revelator has been shown what's going to happen to the great city Babylon. After the fact, now the angel's talking to him about it, doing this demonstration. 
The sound of harps, singers, flutes, and trumpets will never be heard in you again. Heard in who again? That great city Babylon. What's that? That is the city that's the headquarters for the one world religion. And it says, no craftsmen and no trades will ever be found in you again. The sound of the mill will never be heard in you again. The light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The happy voices of brides and grooms will never be heard in you again. For your merchants were the greatest in the world. And you deceived the nations with your sorceries. Now that's a very uh, powerful scripture, some Key secrets there. For your merchants were the greatest in the world. This is again confirming what's been said several times in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy. The business owners in the city of the headquarters of the Harlot Church will be the wealthiest. They'll be the greatest business owners, the greatest merchants in the entire world during the Great Tribulation. So Babylon is the financial capital of the one world government, that city. Now, what else about this city? And you deceive the nations with your sorceries. Now, not only is it the economic capital, it's the headquarters of the harlot church. So what are they doing? Sorceries. Sorceries. A false religion. In your streets, continuing with verse 24, in your streets flow the blood of the prophets and of God's holy people, and the blood of people slaughtered all over the world. What does this mean? So the, the one world religion seeks to take out God's people, those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, those who refuse the mark of the beast those who refuse to bow down to the statue of the Antichrist, the false prophet tells everyone to take the mark of the beast. The false prophet tells everyone to worship the statue of the Antichrist. And so when people don't do it, what do they do? What does the false prophet and his team, they're all there in this city, the headquarters of the Harlot Church. What does his senior leadership team do? It says, in your streets flow the blood of the prophets and of God's holy people and the blood of people slaughtered all over the world. So terror for God's holy people, those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, comes at the beck and call from the instruction, the strategies, the plans, the will of the false prophet ruling from Babylon. So the Antichrist and the false prophet will together and in tandem Take out God's holy people. So we hear in uh, the 1,260 days prophecy and in the 666 Antichrist prophecy what Satan is doing and what specifically the Antichrist is doing. And now we're hearing what is the false prophet doing? We're hearing more about specifically 
the city that's the financial capital of the world, Babylon, that's the headquarters of the Harlot Church, what are they doing there? What are they doing? It's saying that they're causing blood of the prophets and of God's holy people and blood of people slaughtered all over the world to come to pass. Let's continue. Verse 20. Uh, no, now we're going to Revelation 19, verses 1 to 5. After this, I heard what sounded like a vast crowd in heaven shouting. So what is after this? The financial capital of the one world government, which is the headquarters of the Harlow Church, is destroyed. What is the response? What's the response to people in heaven about this? It says, praise the Lord. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. His judgments are true and just. He has punished the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality. He has avenged the murder of his servants. So those individuals who died during the great tribulation, this is the vengeance of the Lord, Lord, the Lord avenging their murders. He has avenged the murder of his servants. And again, their voices rang out, praise the Lord. The smoke from that city ascends forever and ever. What's forever and ever? That's for eternity. <laughs> so uh, on the present earth and the new earth to come, that's forever and ever. That city that great city Babylon, the smoke from it burning is just going to keep burning. It's never coming back. It's never going to be rebuilt. Let's continue verse 4. Then the 24 elders and the four living beings fell down and worshiped God who was sitting on the throne. They cried out, Amen. Praise the Lord. And from the throne came a voice that said, Praise our God, all his servants, all who fear him, from the least to the greatest. So when this is accomplished, when this is accomplished, so this is one of the consequences of the seventh vial being poured out. One of the consequences of the seventh vial being poured out by an angel in the seven plagues prophecy is that Babylon is destroyed. In this purple and scarlet prophecy, which comes immediately after that one, we get the details. How specifically is Babylon destroyed? And we just heard how it's destroyed. We just heard how it's destroyed and that its destruction will be forever and ever. I want to go back to point out uh, a couple of key things to make sure that uh, we really get this clear in our minds. In Revelation 17, we began with verse 15. We're looking at the full movie, full movie, the full documentary, if you will. It said, the, in verse 16, Revelation 17, verse 16, the scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. They will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. They will burn her remains with fire. And then we heard in Revelation 18 about how that fire came, how it came in a moment. 
said multiple times, and the entire city is taken out. Now, how is it taken out? It's the judgment of God. But verse 17 of chapter 17 says, for God has put a plan into their minds. Who's they? The scarlet beast and his ten horns. That's the Antichrist and the ten leaders of the ten nation alliance. For God has put a plan into their minds, a plan that will carry out his purposes. What's his purpose? To judge the great city that rules over the kings of the world. So I want to go back to the movie trailer just to share a little bit more about uh, that language, the great prostitute. At the beginning, uh, when the movie trailer, it says, one of the seven angels who had poured out the seven bowls came over and spoke to me. Come with me, he said, and I will show you the judgment that is going to come on the great prostitute who rules over many waters. So this great prostitute is ruling over many waters. It says the kings of the world have committed adultery with her, and the people who belong to this world have been made drunk by the wine of her immorality. So the angel took me in the spirit into the wilderness. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast. So the woman is the prostitute. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that had seven heads and ten horns, and blasphemies against God were written all over it. The woman wore purple and scarlet clothing and beautiful jewelry made of gold and precious gems and pearls. So the woman wore purple and scarlet. Purple and scarlet. Now that's very interesting. Purple and scarlet. Purple and scarlet, those are colors worn by a specific religion today. That religion is Catholicism. That religion is Catholicism. Purple is used for bishops, and scarlet is used for cardinals. That's the convention followed today in 2023. Yet this was written thousands of years ago. So you'll have to decide what you think it means. Now let's continue. The woman wore purple and scarlet clothing and beautiful jewelry made of gold and precious gems and pearls. In her hand, she held a gold goblet full of obscenities and the impurities of her immorality. A mysterious name was written on her forehead. Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. So Babylon the Great is the city that's the headquarters of the harlot church. This headquarters will be, during the Great Tribulation, the mother of all prostitutes in other words there will be a one world religion and all of the false religions of the world will come together they will come together and they will be subsumed under this religion in other words they will come up with language and words and doctrines that allow the people who belong to this world to say that they are all worshiping the same god and it's the god 
of this church where the people wear purple and scarlet, where they are clothed with purple and scarlet, their leadership. And so they will allow these other religions to be their children, and they will say, they will make a a doctrine so that they all come together under that religion, which will be the one world religion. It says, a mysterious name was written on her forehead. We're in Revelation 17, verse 5. Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. I could see that she was drunk, drunk with the blood of God's holy people who were witnesses for Jesus. So what does this mean? This means that the one world religion will take the blood, shed the blood, shed the blood cause the death of Christians. And we're told later, we heard in the full report, that the blood of God's holy people was shed as a result of the activities of the harlot church, the activities in the headquarters of the harlot church in the city, Babylon. I could see that she was drunk, drunk with the blood of God's holy people who were witnesses for Jesus. Who's that? Christians. During the Great Tribulation, the wrath of Satan, Satan uses the harlot church, and the Antichrist to bring great distress to those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, not every believer will be martyred during the Great Tribulation. We know that because in Corinthians we're told, hey, we're not all going to fall asleep. In other words, not every person is going to experience the first death, but we will all be transformed. So the resurrection happens in several parts first the believers in heaven put on their glorified bodies second those of us who were on the earth who did not die during the great tribulation we were not martyred despite refusing the mark of the beast there will be those of us here during the great tribulation who refuse the mark of the beast who are not martyred in other words we continue to live even though we have not partaken in the financial system uh, of the one world government but here about those who are martyred it says i could see that she was drunk drunk with the blood of god's holy people who were witnesses for jesus i stared at her in complete amazement why are you so amazed the angel said i will tell you the mystery of this woman and the beast with seven heads and ten horns on which she sits now we're going back to the movie trailer so we can talk about what is this city what is this great city babylon that's the headquarters for the harlot church let's hear about it so the angel said i will tell you the mystery of this woman that's the prostitute And of the beast with seven heads and ten horns on which she sits. The beast you saw was once alive but isn't now. And yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. That is Satan. Satan comes up out of the bottomless pit after the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ. Okay. And it says, and the people who belong to this world, whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made, so that's those who are team Satan, will be amazed at the reappearance of this beast who had died. So we talked last time on Thursday about this. So that's in Revelation 20, 
verses 1 to 10, the millennial reign prophecy about how the beast that once was alive but isn't, but comes up out of the bottomless pit, it's all there. Revelation 20, verses 1 to 10. And the mortals during the millennial reign, the mortals, many of them will be deceived by Satan. Okay, let's keep going. Our goal right now is to get a handle on this. What is the great city that's destroyed by fire? What is Mystery Babylon? So let's keep going. This calls for a mind with understanding. The seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where the woman rules. The seven hills where the woman rules. Well, I'm reading here the seven hills of Rome. So if you go to any encyclopedia, there's something that says, uh, there's an entry, seven hills of Rome. I'm reading from it now. The seven hills are, uh, I don't want to mess up this language. Um, I don't speak Italian, but there are seven hills in Rome. And uh, it's referred to in history and in literature and in geography as the seven hills of Rome. So if you are there, take a look at that. Um, here I'm on the website Italophile. It said, and it's, there's an answer to this question. Why is Rome called the city of seven hills? Did you hear that? Rome is called the city of seven hills. And on this one website, uh, it says, one of the best known nicknames for Rome is the city of seven hills. This is, of course, because the ancient city was built on and between seven hills, all of which make up part of the core of the modern Italian capital. So, friend and truth seeker, don't be mad at me when I'm uh, preaching the word of God. The word of God says, the word of God says, The seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where the woman rules. So what's the woman? The woman is the great prostitute. The great prostitute is the harlot church. The harlot church has had headquarters, which is a city. And it says the seven hills where the woman rules. And we're in 2023, but going back even to that time, it says, talking about Rome, which has been historically called the City of Seven Hills, and which today is called the City of Seven Hills, it says, the seven hills of Rome are the original hills on which the ancient city was founded. One of the best-known nicknames for Rome is, quote, the City of Seven Hills. This is, of course, because the ancient city was built on and between seven hills. Now, here's the important part. All of which make up part of the core of the modern Italian capital. So the modern Italian capital makes up part of the core 
the part of the core of the modern Italian capital is the seven hills. Now it says the seven hills of Rome marked the ancient boundaries of the city. It was on these seven hills that the first settlements of Rome began. Listen, if you look um, on the internet and you just type in the seven seven hills, what's the city with seven hills? Or you type in Rome, the city of seven hills, it will come up. There are so many hits. Let me tell you how many hits. 2,080,000 hits. Uh, wait, that's another search. Let me make sure I'm telling you um, the exact number. Uh, when I put in Seven Hills City and Rome, there are 12,400,000 hits. Someone asked, can you walk the Seven Hills of Rome? And then uh, it says on this uh, Italia Rail website, walking the Seven Hills of Rome will give you a rich perspective on the evolution of this great city. Listen, our goal is to unlock the secrets of the Bible, the secrets of the Bible. Now, Rome, if Rome is the great city, and the great city is the financial capital, we know for sure that the great city will be the financial capital of the one world government during the Great Tribulation, then Rome is going to be the most powerful city during the Great Tribulation. It will be the financial capital of the world. It won't be New York City. It won't be Hong Kong. Many people think it's going to be Hong Kong. It won't be Hong Kong. It won't be New York City. It won't be London. I hear, uh, and I've seen many people talk about London, that the, uh, that the Antichrist is this or that king or prince. It's not true. It's not true. Now let's talk about uh, Babylon. In Revelation 17, we're told, again, the seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where the woman rules. They also represent seven kings. Now let's go down to verse, uh, no, I want to pause there. I want to pause there. Listen, the most important thing is salvation. The most important thing is that when the seventh trumpet sounds, your feet rise up to meet our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the air. In other words, that you transition from mortality to immortality. The reality of immortality, it's more important than anything else. The reality of immortality is more important than anything else. And immortality, there's only one way to it. There's only one mediator. There's only one way to be born again. That's finding and following God's plan for salvation. Now, God's plan for salvation is mentioned many places in the Bible. My favorite place. Is in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, we see how did the first believers, how did the first believers transition from being Jews under the old covenant and Gentiles who were lost 
to being in Christ. So in Acts 2.38, we see how the church was established. And when it comes to what do you need to do to be saved, it's described in Acts 2.38. Now, of course, being saved, experience, salvation is described many places. But if I had to pick one place, if you had five minutes left, five minutes left on this earth to make sure that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, I would say type into the Internet Acts, A-C-T-S, Apple, Charlie, Thomas, Sunshine, 2, the number 2, colon 38. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. If you had five minutes left on this earth and you weren't sure, You said, I want immortality. I want to be in a peak performance body. I want to live on the new earth where there's no more pain, no more grief, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more death. That's described in the new earth prophecy, Revelation 21. You say, I want to see it. I want to be there. I want to be a part of it. Acts 2.38 tells you how to make sure that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Only those people whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life will be permitted to transition from mortality to immortality. You want to transition from mortality to immortality. And in fact, that's God's best for you. You decide whether to accept the invitation to be a part of God's forever family or whether you wish to reject it. Now, God has a case against everyone. Every person who has sinned, those sins are recorded in books in heaven, and those sins are a problem. God is perfect, and he's committed no sins. Now, he's going to relocate his home, talking about God the Father, from present heaven to the new earth. When he comes to the new earth, there can't be anything that is imperfect. So the earth itself has to be perfect, so that's why we're transitioning to a new earth, and the people on it have to be perfect. Now, how are we going to be perfect? We are perfect when we transition from mortality to immortality, all of the the sin nature that we inherited after the fall will be gone. So our mind, will, and emotions are being uh, perfected, when we transition from mortality to immortality, we'll be in a perfect body. When all of God's enemies are destroyed, there'll be no more sin on this earth. So God has a case against everyone. Part of being perfect is to get our sin debt paid for. We don't have any more debt. You got to go to mediation to get your case settled. I have to go to mediation. I had to go to mediation to get my case settled. What case? God's case against me. Why? Well, I have told a lie or two or ten. I don't know how many. Obviously not on purpose Um, or or not as a, a, a habit, but certainly I have been imperfect. I have sinned. I have fallen short. You have sinned and fallen short. It's not for us to be under condemnation. The propensity to sin, we were born with it. It's an error. It's an error in our DNA. So Adam was born in the image of God, 
But when he and Eve sinned, everyone after them were born in Adam's image instead of God's image. So according to Romans, God had to send a second Adam. Yes, that's right. In the book of Romans, that language is used, quote, second Adam, end quote. Why do we need a second Adam? Because Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. He never sinned like Adam. So when we are baptized into his death, when we share in his death, then our sin debt is paid and the Holy Spirit comes to dwell on the inside of us. And now, now we are scheduled for participation in the resurrection. Friend and truth seeker, I want to thank you for being with me and with us. Thank you for being with me and with us. We're going to continue discussion and analysis of the purple and scarlet prophecy every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern time, 12 noon central, every Sunday in the month of August and Every Thursday morning in the month of August, we're going to be analyzing this purple and scarlet prophecy. I ask you to seriously consider making a habit of listening to this broadcast so that you can have on demand, whenever you want, the secrets of the book of Revelation. I declare and decree, according to the word of God, that you are blessed because you have heard the words of prophecy in the book of Revelation today, and I pray that you will obey them because they are soon to come to pass. And last but certainly not least, according to Jeremiah 33.3, if you haven't done so already, I urge you, call out to God today. He promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know.